Attracting talent, the constant that has concerned the financial services industry for generations has taken a whole new course in the digital age and a whole new urgency. Competition is fierce from high techs, fintechs, and other industries in a job seekers market. But can banks win? Of course they can. The question is how? To find out, we'll be talking with Debbie Morris, Senior Talent Management Consultant with Cox Enterprises. Welcome to BAI Banking Strategies, where each week we'll focus on the key issues facing financial services leaders. We'll bring you objective opinions and actionable insights that will help you power smart decisions. I'm your host, Lou Carloso, the managing editor at BAI. Come on in. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. And once again, we are delighted to have you here with us. And today on the program, we have Debbie Morris. Debbie is Senior Talent Management Consultant for Cox Enterprises. In this role, Debbie partners with clients to drive and hone talent management strategies that have meaningful impacts on their businesses. After spending more than a decade working in HR from the vantage points of consultant and client, Debbie loves helping organizations plan and optimize strategies that ensure the right people are in the right roles at the right time. And I certainly think we're in the right place at the right time. Debbie, great to have you here with us. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Now, in today's job market, attracting talent seems tough than ever and banks especially have it tough working against fintechs high-tech firms places that have a much less formal atmosphere so how should financial services organizations go about finding and attracting the right talent especially in terms of making the workplace more attractive you mentioned the word formal and i think that's an interesting way to sort of describe the financial industry and so when i think of formal as a job seeker I think of inflexible, lots of hierarchy, decisions made at the very top and then being trickled down through an organization. So as a job seeker, I'm thinking, is this an opportunity for me to be creative, to drive value in an organization? So when we think about formality, I wonder if that is the intention of the organization. So you really have to think through Are you trying to attract employees that are creative, that fail fast, and that get things done and drive and execute without those barriers? So it's just important for the organization to decide what they want and what's valuable for them. You know, as we look at what people are looking for, if you look at some of the research of the future of work and what it says the future type of employees looking for, they're looking for a flexible work environment. They want to be able to customize their own work. They want to be able to share and collaborate freely. The organization really has to decipher where in the spectrum of formality they're willing to fall and what type of employees they're looking for. I love that, the idea of a spectrum. We're too often guilty of painting this as a black and white picture, and clearly there are nuances that mature organizations can embrace and follow. Oh, yeah. We're in a world of change. Every year, something is changing, I feel like, within my own organization. And I think to be able to attract people who are agile-minded, who have the competence and the ability just to accept change and to be able to work in that type of environment, the organization itself has to say, am I supportive of that? Have I put processes in place? 
have I made the structure supportive of someone who can come in and be flexible and drive results in an environment that might be gray? Things aren't black and white anymore. I think those days are long past. And I think if you're trying to attract people who can operate in that environment, the organization itself has to be accepting of that and put policies, collaboration tools, all of these things need to be put in place in order to support someone who can work that way. Now, Debbie, you feel strongly about collaboration and you see it as much more than just a buzzword. Tell us why collaboration is so important to the workplace of the future. I would say that we refer a lot to the work done by Jacob Morgan and collaboration is actually key. The employee or the leader that can network across silos, who can work beyond their hierarchy, can use technology and tools that enable collaboration and garnering of new ideas, regardless of where those ideas come from. And so when I say technology and support, I mean so much beyond email because we just work differently these days. And I think organizations have to be open to where those ideas might come from. They might not come from your most traditional place. And they may not come from the business or the department that you've tasked with a specific project. There's flexibility and structure, but I think the end goal for every organization is to drive business objectives and create value for an end customer. And I think an organization has to look at itself and say, do I really care how this organization is specifically structured in order to do that? And so I think there's employees and leaders who come to the table with that flexibility and that will to be collaborative. And again, an organization has to be open to supporting that. Now, it's not just banks, credit unions, financial services, but all across the board, employees aren't as loyal to businesses by a long shot as they were in generations past. How can banks combat this and create an environment where employees will want to stay? I think this question goes back to what motivates people and why do people wake up and come to work every morning? And so people in the end just want meaningful work. They want purpose. They want to be very competent at what they do. So if an organization can provide meaning through work and that employees have an opportunity to see that their experiences and what they contribute to the organization matters and that they're working towards something that is valuable and they see that they're making forward steps and they're making progress in their work, that adds to an employee's willingness and engagement to continue working with an organization. So I think in terms of removing barriers, we're past the part of where people stay at an organization for 30 years. You're not going to get that anymore. But what you need to be able to do is remove the barriers, remove the challenges from employees being able to put their best foot forward. They need to be able to make progress. They need to be able to have varied experiences. They need to see that their contributions to their work align with progress that the organization is making. And so an organization has to be very clear about its end game, about the objectives and where they see themselves in the future so that an employee can therefore align themselves 
with that future and insert themselves so that they can say, hey, I know what I contributed today. I know what I contributed last year. And I see how that contribution is really helping this organization. And the contributions that everyone is putting forth is really valuable to the work that I do and the work that this organization does. That is so true. We all face that, right? You and I, at the end of the day, are employees. And those are valuable things to consider. In the workplace, we are hearing so much more than ever about skills versus seniority and skills-based promotion really means something when you're talking about brand new technologies, especially artificial intelligence, whereas seniority has been the model for years and it really rewards people who have put in the time and have given a lot to the company. How do companies strike a thoughtful balance between those two poles? I don't know if it's a question between skills and tenure. I think it's more so which talent is right to be able to achieve those business objectives. For seniority, if people feel like they've been at the organization a long time, yes, there are feelings that I should be promoted. There might be some feelings that I've been loyal to an organization and this is my way of getting rewarded for that, I would say there are other ways to reward employees who have been loyal. But I think the focus should be getting the right person in the leadership position that would be able to meet the aggressive goals that the organization needs to meet. It's very competitive out there, and the skills that are needed to achieve those goals, the organization just needs to make very clear and whether or not it's someone who is tenured and se or senior or someone who is just on the scene, it should be a fair and equitable sort of decision in terms of who gets to lead the organization in that way. And today, the C-suite moves quickly. Work goes at a breakneck pace. How do organizations know that they are succeeding when it comes to attracting retaining and hiring the right talent? What are some benchmarks to look for? It depends on the industry. So we definitely leverage third-party vendors or consulting agencies to kind of figure out where benchmarks are. Industries are constantly changing, so you don't want to benchmark old data. I think the best thing that you can do is complete an analysis on the movement and the mobility and your talent within your organization and kind of trend that. But Really, I think what we've been doing lately is the voice of the customer and the voice of the employee and just getting out into our hallways, into the streets, and actually just talking to our employees. So in terms of being able to meet the needs of our employee base and our population and learn more about what they're expecting and their demands in terms of what they expect an organization to deliver, we go right to the source and we try to speak to employees in certain targeted populations that we're trying to get feedback from. Terrific. And in terms of the feedback, I can tell already that the feedback to these observations in this podcast is going to be incredible. I learned so much. Thank you so much, Debbie, for being on the podcast today. So thankful that you guys reached out. Debbie Morris is the Senior Talent Management Consultant for Cox Enterprises, be sure to look for Debbie on LinkedIn. And here are three key takeaways from today's podcast. Number one, companies in financial services need to take a fearless inventory of themselves. 
Inflexible organizations with entrenched hierarchy and top-down decision-making will fail. The trouble is, almost no one sees themselves that way, except for the employees you want to attract. And here's what they want. Flexibility, the ability to customize their work, and a sharing environment. Number two, collaboration. Collaboration. That word cannot be stressed enough. We're in a world of rapid change, so consider what the future workplace will look like. No matter the angle, collaboration is crucial. Employees who can accept and embrace change and pull it off as a team will in turn help your organization to change ahead of the pack. And number three, while data and metrics go some way towards solving the talent puzzle, be aware, the yardsticks and benchmarks of today won't work tomorrow. But here's what will hold, communication and feedback. Here, customers and employees hold sway, and you can ask both the same two questions. A, what do you expect? And B, how do you define a positive outcome? Customers and employees have more in common than you may think. Developing effective talent management strategies is the key to a successful organization, but do you know whether your acquisition, retention, and development metrics are in line with your industry peers? Find out with BAI Talent Management Benchmarking. For more information, visit BAI.org research. And now BAI Banking Strategies brings you the aha moment where our podcast guest shines a light on that point in time where realization revelation or exploration made all the difference in their career here debbie morris talks about how she realized that the ideal career and the ideal plan rested in her hands listen it might have been maybe about four years ago when I made my first transition or my most recent transition. My aha was that I really own my career development and my long-term career plan. So I think previously to that, I think I've just been very aware of people making certain moves. They had certain titles. They worked in certain departments. For me, myself, I never really found someone with the ideal job that I wanted. And so what I ended up focusing on are what are some of those experiences within some of these jobs that I feel like I can add to my toolkit and maybe one day use to kind of create the perfect job or the perfect career for myself. So I think it's being comfortable with not knowing or not being able to articulate a specific job. I think it's landing on specific experiences that I knew that I wanted and being willing to be able to go after those experiences, even if they're not at work. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. And here are a few reminders from yours truly and your friends at BAI. First of all, if you haven't done so, subscribe to our daily newsletter. It's free to sign up. And be sure to check out our ever-growing archive of podcasts. Also, be sure to check us out on Facebook LinkedIn and Twitter to stay up to date on BAI's latest and greatest. You can catch me on LinkedIn. Be sure to connect. I'm Lou Carloso, the managing editor at BAI. We'll see you soon. So long. <laughs>